Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I have a very wonderful conversation for you today. Before we get started, though, I'd like to remind you that you can support the podcast and the label and the other things that I do by signing up at patreon.com slash human machine. Uh, you get to read comics there. Uh, you get music sneak peeks and all kinds of other stuff. Patreon.com slash human machine. Um, I'm editing this podcast before heading out for New Friends Fest this weekend. Uh, so since this isn't going to air until after that, I'm just going to pretend like it already happened. I'm going to thank you all for what a wonderful time that I am sure we're going to have. Like, um, I just want to give an extra special thanks to Vanessa, Egan, and Rohan, and everyone at the New Friends crew. Uh, I don't think that when people asked us to play this show... Uh, much earlier this year or it might have even been late last year um, that they had any idea what uh, the year would have in store for any of us let alone myself and there's no way that they could have known how much I needed a win like this and um, and I just thank you from the bottom of my heart um, Thanks. And now I'd like to play you something. Dangerous by Nova One, which is the primary songwriting vehicle for my pal, Roz Raskin. The song comes off their album, Create Myself, which you can find on Bandcamp now. my earliest childhood memories is being on the beach somewhere in Rhode Island, which is where um, I live and where I, I've been born and raised. Um, and my parents are trying to put sunscreen on me because I'm like completely naked at the beach. I'm probably like four or something. And I was frequently just a fiercely independent child. And so I just remember taking the sunscreen and rubbing it all over my body, but it was so thick and so gross and I didn't really know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I um, was kind of crying and being a little bit sassy. That's, that's what I am remembering right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the sunscreen thing that brings back a lot of like memories of me trying to put this stuff on my children and especially yeah. like yeah you said like no, no like nobody wants to do this and um <laughs> then like yeah. you I don't know especially now like I think it's like more important than ever and uh mm -hmm. like I mean it's it's wild like we would put this on our kids like 
every 20 minutes at the beach when we were at, like at my mom's in Florida. And still we'd like, we'd have to worry about like, are they like going to come home with like blisters or something, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Um, did you spend a lot of time on, on the beaches there? I like, like I never think of when I think of the like New England area or, the, you know, that part of the States, I never think of beaches and, and it's always like, <laughs> oh yeah, like, duh. But, um, was that like, did you spend a lot of time out there, like on the water and stuff? Yeah, so uh, so my parents had a place down in this area called Matunic, which is in southern Rhode Island, which is all beaches. It's you know, it's um, probably why we're called the Ocean State. Is like that whole area of of the state um, has beautiful coastlines. So I spent um, a good deal of my childhood um, and just throughout my life down in Matunic. Um, you know, wanting to be a mermaid and, um, and, and loving being in the water. And yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, even, even now I've actually been swimming more this summer than I think I probably have been in like 10 years. Cause I've been going to this one beach with my partner in the evening. That's like 20 minutes from here. Um, and it's just like an, like an evening swim, you know? So we're all pretty close to the water over here. That's awesome. Yeah. What other kinds of things were you into when you were like much younger? You know, um, I think the thing that comes to mind just because it's so topical at the moment is Barbie. Sure. Um, and um, actually at some point in the past couple of years, my mom, you know, she's been clearing out a lot of shit at her house and um, she just dropped off this enormous bag of Barbies <laughs> at <laughs> At my house because um, when I was a kid, my grandfather, who grew up with very little, um, he came to the States like in like the 1920s. He had like one shirt for a year kind of thing. Um, he, when he got more money, when he got older, he, you know, sort of like spoiled the hell out of all of his grandkids. Um, and, and I think I got a Barbie for every birthday and every holiday for probably 10 years. Yeah. So I um had a lot of Barbies. <laughs> um but I I but I think as as a kid some of my best memories are just being outside like running around with friends uh playing tag and manhunt and swinging on swing sets and in a lot of ways I I was able to have a very idyllic childhood like that here. Um yeah. And so, yeah, that's what, what, that's coming to mind. What is manhunt? Is that that sounds like hide and seek? Is that different? Oh, yeah. Okay, so so manhunt is so if I'm not mistaken, it's two teams and one team hides, and then the other team has to find the other one. So it's like an enormous hide and seek game. But then actually, when you find the person, I believe you have to tag them. So even if you find them, you also have to chase them. Mm. So it's like co-op. Yes. (laughs) Plus tag. It's like a little bit of everything. Just um, like this, this one, nah, that game's too boring. How about let's like combine three games. Yeah. Yeah, It was, um, it's, it's something that I remember being pretty intense and, you know, there would sometimes be fights and depending on who you're playing with, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, if you, if you, if you, push somebody the wrong way or whatever it could it could definitely be pretty aggressive yeah. um yeah it sounds it sounds like it like you know like jumping out of trees to surprise people and you know diving yes. to make the tag and all that but um yeah that's that's awesome it sounds it sounds like you know you had a pretty uh like active childhood and and it's it sounds like you know, pretty similar to mine, except like mine were mostly like playing whatever sports the other kids in the uh, neighborhood wanted to play, you know? Ah, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, j- just like always, always being the worst at them, but there's, there's literally like six of you and you're trying to play sports that require <laughs> like 
10 people on each team or whatever, you know? So yeah. um, that was the upside is like, you know, you never got left out because you're just like was not enough people. But, oh, um, I love that. Yes. <laughs> but the yes. downside was that I was also the smallest out of everyone all the time. So like I had to just like if you're playing – if you're playing like contact sports and I just had to de- develop just like a real like almost like a meanness because oh. like, I, I would – I just was like the smallest and you know it's like you, if you get hurt and everybody's going to make fun of you so you just have to pretend like you're not hurt you know and right. you just have oh, to yeah. whatever but um yeah I don't man know. doesn't that suck that I it sucks to have to pretend like you're not hurt right like come yeah. on man yeah um I'm actually I'm actually very small I I don't think I was always considered as small as I am now. I'm like five one, but mm. growing up, I feel like I was like fairly average height. And then I got into middle school and I just like stopped growing up. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, like I, I like landed at five feet and probably grew another inch all through high school or something like right. that. Um, but um, so I, I know to some extent what it's like to be the little guy around. Yeah, it's. It's wild, like, it, you know, we've had, we have um, three children and it's wild, like, just there isn't, there's no predicting any, uh, like, they're always like, oh, yeah, like, um, they're in the this percentile, they'll probably be this tall or whatever. And it's like, like, one of my children, like, it's like, she seemed like she was, like, short, you know, she seemed like yeah. she was going to be, like average height you know like probably my my height like when she and and now she's like six and a half feet tall like she's oh my god you know she's a giant and then like one of our other kids like um he he's always been very very tall and then they're just like like he they're just like oh no like um he's probably going to be like average height like because he grew this fast like in this oh. area and now and it's like i yeah i don't get it like <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's like it really yeah. can be like you said where it's like i did all this growing till this point and that was kind of it and then it can be like the opposite like in the case of my oldest like you know when she when she finished high school i was a little bit uh, taller than her still. Mm. And, yeah. And she, she was like five, 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 eight, five, nine, you know? Like, yeah. So I'm barely taller than her or like the same height. Now she's like six and a half feet tall. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know? Oh like, my gosh. You know, just grew an extra six inches at like age, you know, 18 to 19. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, so interesting. You know, I have a, um, so I am still, uh, very good friends with like one of my first friends um in the world we we've been friends i guess for like almost 30 years or something like that but um we we went to elementary school and also high school together and at some point we were the same height and then as i was saying you know i stayed like 5 foot and then she's now 5 8 so like we were you know what i mean like i was never like the tiny guy compared to her it's just so interesting how it how it turned out that way uh-huh. <laughs> Uh huh. Yeah, I I I don't like I don't have friends <clears throat> like that I see from when I was like that young. But um, like every you know like my cousin or whatever like I like he's always been taller than me and whatnot. But like there's a there's just a couple other um, friends like like. Like their mom will add me on Facebook or something, you know, and also I'll see like pictures of my friends from childhood and I'll be like, yeah, oh gosh, like, you know, this, this, this dude is huge, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. Um, you know, it, I, I always find all of like people's childhoods to be like, extremely interesting like i um i think like once we end up playing music and stuff a lot of our paths are so similar you know what i mean but like 
how we got into it and everything like that is like, like that can happen in any way. And I always think sure. that that's so fascinating. But um, what was your, like, what was music like in your childhood? Was it a big part of your childhood or like, did your parents listen to a lot of music or like encourage you to pursue music? Yes. Yeah, so my, so my dad has been in band since before I was born. So I grew up going to see him play shows. Um, he plays piano and sax and clarinet. Um, and so he, I mean, I was, I was just pretty drawn to music in general. You know, there's some photos of me just like sitting at the piano chilling. Um, but I started to play piano when I was five and then I took piano lessons pretty much all through high school. Um, and then I started playing guitar in elementary school when they offered it as, as, uh, as part of the music program, um, so I was learning how to play some chords there, but yeah. So my so my dad has has always played music. My mom played a little bit of music at some point, but it's just like a big music fan. Um, I think in terms of me being a musician as a career, I think that was like a harder pill for them to swallow. Once that was apparent that that's like where I was going in life, um, but I think now um, you know they've become very very supportive and. Uh, uh, you know, it's like a scary thing to think of your kid going into a really unstable career. You know, it's like, I get it. Like, it's, it's terrifying to think, you know, like, how are you going to get insurance? How are you going to pay for anything? You know, like mm-hmm. in this really fucked up society, capitalism, like you need all these things in order to like survive out here. Um, mm-hmm. so I think I've, but I've made my way in the way that I, um, I, I also teach, um, alongside of being in Nova One, and um, I teach remote piano and songwriting lessons. Um, and I was doing that in person for a long time, and then because of COVID, went remote. And um, so it's like a nice other part of my life that I really enjoy uh, that has helped me to like sustain the music career that I have. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, it's it's totally kind of from your parents point of view you know your your dad like playing shows and stuff when you were a kid i can imagine like maybe had the experience that any of us have had where it's like you you know you play and each member of the band gets like 17 bucks or you know what i mean like right right so and then it's just like only gotten more difficult since then just like with the way that like, um, the way that there isn't like, there's, there's so many of the structures like are so different now. Like, uh, I don't know, like as far as, you know, if if you're just like gigging around and you're playing shows, I'm not sure how much different that is, but like, while we do have the opportunity to like sell music online and stuff, which may have not been possible before, then you have everyone, (coughs) excuse me, everyone in the world that's uh, sort of getting a cut of that before, you know, you as as an artist are, you know, like everyone from Visa and, you know, uh, MasterCard, (laughs) you know, uh, PayPal, uh, Bandcamp, you know, and then right. the Spotify royalties thing is, yeah, that's well known to be like very like pennies on the dollar, uh, and not not sure. in, not in a good way, but uh, but yeah, so it's gotta it's gotta kind of be like, how is this like? It's harder than ever. How is this gonna work out? Right.
like a lot of people take piano lessons or whatever. So like a lot of people are familiar with that kind of instruction. But you said specifically like you do like songwriting uh, instruction. What, what does that look like? So I so I teach so I I teach both piano like in terms of like if you wanted to learn the fundamentals of piano I teach a lot of people that although now I feel like I'm so excited about uh, songwriting sessions with people that I am just wanting to do that more um, so um, yes songwriting stuff is so fun for me it really is uh so inspiring and it's something that everybody is capable of doing and and i and i um i have a lot of adult students that have not done it at all you know until this time in their life and it's really interesting to work with all ages of people from like young kids that are doing songwriting to you know people in their 30s 40s and 50s and older who are trying it for the first time as well and um yeah it's it's really amazing to watch people find their musical voice if you will you know it's really uh exciting and um yeah, it's incredible, really. Yeah. What well, now? I I don't um, I don't like. I'm not asking you to like give people a free lesson <laughs> during the chat here or whatever. But like, sure, yeah. Wh what are you like? Where do you start with people? Like, what's the first aisle that you sort of walk them down? Is it like intention? Are you like, what are you trying to convey? Or like, what feelings are you trying to get across? Or what kind of sound? Like, which yeah. part would you focus on? Well, so I think it depends on the person because I have people um, who come to me who have no musical background or very little. And then I have people that also, you know, have um, perhaps they've studied violin for a long time or, you know, trombone or whatever. And so they have a lot of theory knowledge, but they haven't experimented in this particular way. Sure. So, so it sort of depends, but I think that... Um, you know, I, I do a lot of work with a circle of fifths, if, you, if you're familiar with that sort of zone. But that's sort, sort of just like how chords are connected, mm -hmm. um, how, to, how to play chords in order to accompany yourself, because that tends to be one of the um, easier ways to bring people in, um, you know, to feel empowered. Like hearing a chord, playing a chord for the first time is like such a exciting moment for people oh, and sure. it's and and especially on piano like I find that piano is a very accessible instrument in that it's like fairly easy to play it's you know it's just hard to get good at like anything else so you can um know just a couple chords and you can be playing like a lot of your favorite songs really um and then and then I also do a lot of exercises surrounding lyric writing and brainstorming um word webbing, um, all sorts of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Um, going back to like when you just started playing guitar, like was there something specific about guitar that, uh, drew, that drew, like drew you away from, like not away because, you know, you obviously still play piano, but what was it yeah. about guitar that you were like, okay, that's what I want to do now? Well, so I, so I actually, you know, for years, just, just as like a little bit of a back story for years, I played keyboard in a band that toured a lot. Um, and then at some point I was just writing more songs on guitar, but I was always, I've always done a mixture of writing on guitar and on keys. Um, but I think at some point, just some of the songs that I was writing, it just seemed like guitar was the place for them, if that makes any sense. Like you sometimes have a song on the table and it's sort of like, where where do I want this to go? And at one time I had this band again that I was playing keys in that was a trio. And it seemed like the songs that I was writing outside of that just didn't really fit in that space so i started to bring them elsewhere and that's how nova one started to become what it is um but i was writing on guitar for years before that and on keys like back back and forth really um 
but uh, but yeah, I love guitar. It's um, it still feels in a lot of ways like a new instrument to me because I don't know it in the way that I know piano. Like piano is so is is like my first instrument. You know, like I can I can make my way around it. You know, so easily. Um, and 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 guitar, I'm I'm still learning quite a bit about it. Um, in in a exciting way, in a challenging way. Yeah. For me. Yeah. That's that's. I mean, I think, you know, even even people that uh, have been playing for a long time and feel like they know guitar very well, I think that we're all always chasing that feeling, you know, and that's... Yeah, totally. Like, that's how people get... That's how people get wacky with like all these tunings and stuff. They're like, you get, yeah, they get kind of like, oh, I'm doing the same stuff, you know, and they're chasing that like original, like explorative feeling like of what it was like when you put your hands on a guitar and didn't know what was going to happen. You know, right. So it's like, well, what if yeah. I tune this string like this and this one like that? And then it's like a whole different thing. And you're like, oh, so weird, so cool, let's go, you know? <laughs> Yes, um, totally. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because on the on the album that I just released, most of the songs are in an alternate tuning, um, and it was and it was just based on at some point during the earlier time during COVID, my partner had tuned his guitar just to this particular tuning, and I don't even really know why it was in that particular place that it was and I was like oh man I love that and so I just wrote you know like 10 songs in that tuning specifically yeah. um what tuning it was, is it so I actually don't know if there's a particular name for it um but it's it's if you're starting from the bottom you know we've got d a d f sharp um a e Okay. So it's kind of like an open tuning, you know, like if you play it open, it's like a D, um, what is it, like a D6 or something like that. Um, just like very pretty, very dreamy. And then I and then I have all these like little funky shapes that I don't even totally um, know exactly what I'm doing in the moment, but I can figure it out. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like I, mm -hmm. like I my approach to guitars is just so very different than it is, um, to, uh, piano. <laughs> yeah. You can't, uh, you can't retune one of those very easily at least. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. You, you sit down at one, you're going to get what you're going to get. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome though. I mean, I, mm, I have a, <laughs> I have an album that I wrote where like, I just, um, I just like sat down and started playing this acoustic that was, um, it was like out of tune and I, I just like wrote a whole, like kind of like an album. And, um, I was like, Oh, this would be really cool for this one thing is it sounds like the tuning sounds close. And then I was like, sat down and I was like, that's not really close. Like I have to figure out like, uh, cause yeah. I like, I basically demoed this album with this guitar, which the tuning, I don't know what it, what it was. It was just like, this sounds cool. It had sat there for so long. It worked itself into some tuning that I'm not like solid on. I don't know what I know. Like, obviously the top, you know, the, the, the heavy string ringing out by itself a lot. You can figure that out. That's easy enough. You know, it's like a B or something. And then yeah. the rest, you're kind of like, I don't know. Like you, you can, you can start making it sound right with the like chords that you're thinking you're playing. And then you get three chords in and it doesn't sound right anymore. And, and, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's like, it's like uh, another, like a little problem to solve. Cause like, yeah, that's what songwriting is anyway. Right. It's just like, you know, it's like a problem that you solve. It's like, how do you, it's like, you got these loose abstract, like concepts in your head. They might be lyrical or they might just be like, you're just, it's like you're in a cartoon and you're seeing the little like musical notes floating in the air and just trying to combine that and make it uh something tangible that you can recreate not just once but you know as often as you need to 
but uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, truly. Well, well, I, I feel like actually it's funny that you say that because I think that um, one of the hardest pills for adult students to swallow is that it's just trial and error, you know, and so like sure. when like people get to a certain age and I don't even know if I could even like really pinpoint it, but there's like a period of time when like we have a harder time failing or feeling like we're failing at something Mm -hmm. when 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 in reality it's like you're not failing you just don't know how to do this thing yet like the reason why i am writing songs the way that i am is because i've been doing it for such a long time you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i and um and so i think that that process for people of of feeling feeling like okay, I wrote a song that I don't like and then I wrote a song that I like, like that can be really dumbfounding for people like to find the balance with like what you want to be saying and how you want to be saying it and what genre you want to be working with. Or maybe you're doing something that's that's very new sounding or it's a mixture of genres. Like it's really, there's so many things to think about. So I think that um, it's really best for people to like follow follow their heart even though that sounds like really cliche or whatever, but it's like, but, it, but, but it's like, you have to say what you want to say, you know, and then ultimately like it's all going to come together, but it really just, you have to be gentle with yourself and, and also know that it's like sort of a self-loathing profession. Like this is what we do out here. It's miserable a lot of the time, you know, like I've spent months not writing at all and feeling like, why the hell am I even a musician? This doesn't really make any sense. I'm not like, I'm not doing what I set out to do. And then all of a sudden you're writing again and you're like, geez, okay, now it's back. Now I'm feeling pretty good about it. But you know, like it really is, um, it's a kind of a hellish cycle to be a musician, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there is, there is, um, there is something that I was thinking is like, you know, part of it is because we romanticize the, the, like the, uh, like the savant or like the person yeah. who's, you know, just naturally talented and like the genius, you know, and it's like kind of, kind of what your, you know, your job is as, as someone who's instructing people is to just be like, look, you have to put in the work. Like this isn't like you're giving people the tools they need to right. do to make these things happen and and you're not just being like well you're going to sit around and then one day you know you're just going to have this great idea right and, and that's and that's <laughs> yeah. it so i don't know you know like um be ready when that happens uh but but i mean <laughs> it's i mean it's it's not it's not it, the hardest part about that too is like you said, it's like you can go to, for, through these times when you're like, uh, what, who am I fooling? You know, like this is, uh, but, um, and then you, you, that thing can happen. And like, that's the hardest part is cause you're like that thing where the thing will just come straight to you, like lightning in a bottle or whatever, like it will happen, but you can't like rely on that. And that's the, no, yes. like, that's the thing that people, like, once it happens to you once, then I think some people just start getting, like, um, dependent on that. And, like, you, you can't be dependent on that. Like, I was, I think, like, I think, like, I was in this band once and the drummer had a really hard time, like, learning songs like it would take to for, to learn one song it would take us like a you know two practices a week it would take us like a couple months and sometimes songs we'd been playing for like a year or something like we'd have to play them like every week to, mm-hmm. to keep them fresh cuz like you know he just that was uh, the 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 retention was just like a difficult thing for him but like yeah the the thing about that is it like it it made me like like i i personally was like not i guess i was not that bothered by that at the time right because i thought like oh this is this is takes the pressure off of me for creating new songs or whatever right 
So then sure. when that band broke up, like I really was like that, like, oh, this idea will just come to me, like, and I shouldn't force it. It should be like blah, 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 you know? And um, I didn't write like any songs for like, for like forever. It felt like forever. It was, it felt like... I can, that band broke up in 2004 and I recorded, like the next album that I recorded was in 2009. And I I probably, I don't even know, I have like actual cassette tapes where I would record guitar parts on boom boxes and I end up like using those in songs later. So I was writing stuff, but like I wrote like no songs in five years, like no whole songs. Yeah. And it's just like, at some point I just like, was like, I gotta stop being precious about every single thing. And oh, yeah. I gotta just play the guitar whether I don't feel like it or like or don't have a reason to. You know, just like Absolutely, yeah. Just play it just to play it. Like <clears throat> like it feels good to play it. Just go for it, you know? But um Yeah, it's well well in and, and then in that way it's like a muscle that you have to work out like any other muscle, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and, and, and this is coming from me right now who like, I haven't written a full song that I like in probably at this point over a year. Cause I've been sort of on this cycle of this new album and it's been mm-hmm. like, that's where my head has been at. But I'm this month actually, cause we uh, don't have any shows on purpose. Um, I'm trying to use this time to like get back into my creative practice um, and, and make sure that I'm working that muscle out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And see, the thing about that is though, and I'm going to, I'm going to stick up for you, even though you weren't like, you know, debasing yourself or anything. The thing about that though is, is like, there's always this thing where, and especially now because of like vinyl delays and everything like that, there's so much like, excuse me, there's so much like work and effort into like making the album and then there's so much like work to be done like in up until the release of the album and then it's like the album comes out and like to be honest like who can blame you for not wanting to play your guitar or write like new songs much since like march when the album came out because like it's like all that work and finally yeah. <laughs> it comes out and you're like, oh, like that wave of relief and just like that's a thing that happened and you should be allowed to and I hope you have like just you should be absolutely allowed to just like bask in it and just be like, thank you. Like that's over or whatever. Like the all of yeah. that part, you know, not like that the album itself is over. It will live forever. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's always, like, that's one of the most awkward parts about, like, doing these conversations, like, shortly after uh, uh, an album release or something is, like, you're, as as the person on this end, you're always going to want to be, like, so what's next? And and it's just, like, I always feel this level of guilt with that because I'm, like, let them enjoy this. Like, don't ask what's next, you know? But, like, that's right. that's because people want to know. You know, people want something to look forward to. And, like, as a, you know, as an artist, you want people to have something to look forward to. But, you know, it doesn't right. have to be, like, oh, and we're, we're writing seven new songs for this thing. You know, it can be just, like, whatever. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you said you were, like, touring already with this other band and stuff. Um, how did you, like get into like you know to where you you were in this band and then like you're touring like what was that whole experience like for you the first time that you went out on the road and everything so i uh so so with nova one is that either either case yeah so so i spent years doing diy touring Mm -hmm. um and then when my old band went on hiatus it was it was just really funny timing. Like I had already written the first EP for Nova One, but but the the band wasn't even named yet. Like I was sort of calling it Nova, but um, 
And then I um, got in contact with some friends of mine at Community Records who they've been putting out all the releases for me over like the last five years. Um, and they were mutual friends from having put on shows for my old band and I had put on a show for them here in Rhode Island and they really liked the new music. And so um, they decided to put out that first EP. And so at that point I was like, well, I guess I got to start playing shows with this band, you know? Um, and so I did a little bit of touring that first year with like some duo touring DIY style. Um, and then, um, we did a larger tour down to South by Southwest in 2019. And, um, that's actually where we met Boyd Scott the first time really, really briefly. And they saw us play there. Um, and they're the band that's taking us out, um, this October. And we went out with them in April as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, and then we were supposed to do a really big U.S. tour in 2020 after I put out the first LP. Um, and then obviously, you know, 2020 was what it was, so everything got canceled. And um, so it's our first time going out, um, touring like the full U.S. Um, this fall. It'll be the first time that I'll like be playing on the West Coast, actually, um, with a band. So um, That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I've done like some solo stuff out there over the years, but, um, it's the first time I'm, you know, taking a full crew out in a van and we're driving across the country that far out. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool for me. That's awesome. How did you take, like, <clears throat> so your first, um, release came out in June of 2018 and like you said, like you, uh, had already had these songs and and everything. How did you take like basically what, what you know what was like a solo project and create like a full band to where you know you can go and play shows and everything? So you know, I I think really at the time I was just thinking it was it was all very quick because I when community said that they wanted to put it out. I was in shock, you know, because they hadn't even seen us play live. Like it was completely based on these six songs that I sent them. Mm -hmm. So at that point I didn't even like have, I think I had like a little bit of a set going. I had like a, a couple of buddies that we'd played a few shows around town, but it was very loose. Um, and then um, at some point we were just getting offered more shows and I was deciding to book more shows. So um, over time, what actually the band has become is there's, I think at this point there's been 20 people that have played in the band. So it kind of works as sort of a collective that mm -hmm. I run of sorts. So there's like a bunch of people that play guitar, a bunch of people that play bass and drums. And so it's... Um, it's sort of like I hire my friends to play in the band with me. Um, and, and, you know, at, at first it was whoever was around that could fit in the dates. Um, and then in the past couple of years, I've been playing a lot with um, James Parker, who is also a co-producer on the records. Um, and then Emily Dix Thomas, who did a lot of, backup vocals on create myself and also played um some cello on there too um and they play bass james plays guitar um and they've been like two pretty solid um people in the lineup um but if there was a time when they couldn't make some dates work you know there's other people that we have in the mix so it's it's really fun because for for a while it, it was such a mixed bag of who was playing the shows like um, sometimes people would show up to a gig and they hadn't actually played together. <laughs> um, but, 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 but I had played with each of them and then they're playing together for the first time, um, which sounds chaotic, I'm sure. Um, but it actually worked out really well. Um, I have been very lucky to be playing with a lot of really solid, very tasteful, um, musicians. And yeah, I feel very, very lucky to have so many cool people in my, in my orbit. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that is, that is awesome. I've, 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 I've sort of been there, like, as far as, you know, like there's been different people on, 
different recordings of of my bands where it's like <clears throat> um like there there was there's a drummer that I tour with mo most almost all the time and um there's a, a few bass players and um <clears throat> the like the bass player and the drummer for this one recording like had never played together until like uh in may of this year and the recording is like five years old or something <laughs> and they had never yeah. played together and then it was just like this convergence and it was like hey like you, they were both on this recording but this is the first time we're playing together and um and then there's like this fest that we're playing uh this weekend um and that's them they're both playing but also uh there's like every time we go on tour in europe our friend tom from this european band that we tour with plays bass with us so like tom's band is going to be at this fest so it's going to be weird because tom's not playing with us but tom will be there and yes. uh yes yeah i don't know it's like it's this really cool thing, like... I spent the night in these clothes So you know I'm happiest when I don't lose control I know I was wrong people that you like you're like okay like these these people like I work with really well and you know we we like we've sort of become like a foundation but at the same time it's just like you know you can you can be like oh like I want to do this one thing and it's like shorter notice than usual or whatever and so you know you can take right. opportunities and stuff that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to take that's fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, well, and and especially like having having played in another band that was completely democratic and that it was like always the three of us and you know that was really fun and really amazing and, and was a very different type of relationship but it was a limiting factor in the way that we were able to tour and play around and um so it definitely this way of doing things has made things so much more flexible um uh for me and um i really love it so much and it's and it's just fun to be able to play with different lineups of people um like i i think that that that's been a really exciting thing to have friends step in here and there and um yeah i love it really yeah absolutely i mean it's it's like you don't you don't ever have to you don't ever thought to be like, oh, I'd like to play with that person, except like there's no room in the band, you know, right. like because you can just wait for an opportunity to, you know, present itself and then make that happen. Yeah, um, exactly. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, you, you mentioned like community records um, and um, yeah, I wasn't I, I I'm not as familiar with um Secret Princess or Lovable as I am with Create Myself. Um, but I did like, I, I have like, uh, I will, I will put on, um, like a video playlist on YouTube, uh, while I draw. So like, I'm familiar with the songs that you've done, like videos and stuff from those albums. Um, okay. Yeah. 
And uh, it's really, I, I think your videos are always really cool. Like when I, you know, actually get the chance to like look up and watch and everything. And some of the themes and stuff uh, have been really, have been really fun. Um, is that uh, something that like, what, what part of the like album or like EP or whatever making process like has the videos become for you? Because it's like, it's obviously something that you take like great care and a lot of like effort and everything with. Um, is it like, is it something where it's like, <clears throat> as soon as you commit to the songs, you start having ideas for what the visuals might be like, or is it something that has more to do with like the, you know, uh, director or whatever, um, or a little both? Uh, yeah, you know, that's a cool question. I, I think it really depends. I I mean, I think at this point, and really always, I think I've been like a very audio visual person, like those things sort of always go hand in hand. And so I think that once once the song is becoming close to the final product of what I think it will be, um, I during that phase or even earlier, depending on where I'm at, like in, um, in the writing of an album or an EP or whatever, like ideas just start to appear. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it's, and it's such an important part of this project for me is to, to, to be able to have some kind of a visual that, um, goes into deeper detail of some kind, um, about the you know the content of the songs or you know the themes or the general vibe of the band um yeah i uh, i love all that so much and and i i think something that has made this project different than other ones is for the majority of the video projects i've done for this band i've co-directed them with people mm-hmm. so so it's um so it has such a big part of my brain involved in it. Um, and I love film and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, such a, such a great part of the experience for me of writing is, is being able to, um, see it as well, you know? Yeah. And I mean, when you were talking about Barbies earlier, like it totally skipped my mind until just now where I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the one video where there's like literally a life size Barbie that you're like playing with. Oh, yeah. The um, the mannequin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, we actually still have that mannequin in this house right now. Kind of um, scares people a little bit because she's down in the basement, just sort of chilling naked <laughs> down there. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows down there. And then it's just like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it's, yeah. Is that, is that the vibe you were going for though? Like that, cause that's definitely, I like, I didn't, it didn't even clock to me that it was a mannequin. I thought you were using like essentially like special, like I thought you were like superimposing the, like an actual Barbie to be like, Oh, no way. Size. Okay. Like, I don't know yeah. why I thought that it was just like, Hey, well, similar idea, you know, yeah. um, for sure. Yeah. Like just sort of this, um, it's like a juxtaposition of, of how, um, how we move through the world. And, and in a lot of ways we're like decorating ourselves um, and so I thought it'd be cool to see like me with an inanimate object, you know, having it be dressed the same way that I was and, um, in the way that I dress myself, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like seeing it from this other, in the, from this other perspective, um, it was a, it was a fun video to make. I, I made that with my friend, Erica Sutherland, who's a really great filmmaker. Um, and, uh, she, brought that idea to life in a, in a really big way. Um, That's awesome. Do you take the mannequin on the road to like, to like uh, model the t-shirts or whatever, like some people will have behind the merch desk or whatever? You know, we don't because the way that that mannequin works is it, it like, like the torso plugs in to the, um, 
to like the lower half of the body. So it actually can't stand completely by itself, I believe. But, um, but you know, perhaps at some point we will, it's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, there was a, you know, you said like you're like, okay, I'm making the mannequin look like me. And then there's also another video where everyone wears like a wig that resembles um, your hair. And, and also like my wife was like, is that their hair? Like, is, is their (laughs) hair real and everybody else's or is everyone wearing the same wig? Like, so um, what was the thought process behind like, okay, we'll all sort of dress the way that I dress sort of like everyone's impersonating me. And then also, is that the wig modeled off your hair or was that everyone was wearing the same wig? So, uh, okay, so I, so I'll start from the beginning on this, that I, so I made a, a music video for a song called Your Girl that was off of Secret Princess. And in that video, um, you may have seen it, it's like me dancing with two other people and, and the three of us are all dressed the same. And I ordered... Like, I I thought it would be interesting to have me dancing with two people that look exactly like me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so, like, having three versions of myself interacting and moving in the space together and... um, uh, and, and I, so I ordered some wigs and I originally wanted them to be this hot pink, which is the color of my, of my everyday hair. I have this very bright pink hair. Okay. Um, and then the wig company got in touch with me and they're like, Hey, listen, we're out of that wig, but we do have this really beautiful peach wig. And are you willing to try that instead? And so I, so I was like, I was like, screw it. You know, I was like filming in a couple of days. I was like, if you guys could send that as soon as possible, that would be great. And so those wigs showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the wig. And so I, so I, I cut them quite a bit and styled them more. Um, but that ended up being the wigs that we used for the video. And I was originally not supposed to wear one myself. I was just going to be me. And then in order to have continuity, we all wore them. And then it was so fun to dress up in these costumes that I designed. Cause at the time we were wearing these long black t-shirts with, um, tights and high heel shoes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if we all started to wear this? Like when we play. And so, so now when we play shows, everybody dresses in the costume. Okay. See, because like, <clears throat> you know, we, we haven't like touched on the, 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 the meaning behind the name or, you know, anything like that, but it definitely like between the aesthetics and the name, like it definitely gives sort of like a, uh, a, it, like it lends itself to this idea, like, like the, like, like, like clone or like, right. <laughs> you know, like, or like robot, like companion or whatever. Like, sure. And I don't mean yeah. that in a, in a sordid way at all. I just mean like, you know, like, yeah. so, um, I, is that kind of, is that kind of where you were going with this, like, at this resemblance, like this desire for everyone to have like resemblance? Is it like, we're like all like almost like ma- this manufactured like being or whatever? Yeah, well, I think, um, so I would say that it, so originally when I was in the process of like trying to figure out the live show and some of the music videos around the same time period, I envisioned Nova One as being this, this character, um, you know, outside of myself, this sort of like, like a non-binary space explorer Okay. And so, um, so it's almost like, um, a whole other race of beings are the Novas. Okay. And so, 
that's what it has developed into. And I was like starting to draw some comics around this. I need to get back into that. But I would, but like our first, our first piece of merch was a comic about this concept. Um, And so it sort of feels like when we perform, it's like we're this, this team, like when people wig up, they frequently, you know, cause we call it wigging up when we um, <laughs> get, get dressed up in the costumes, but people frequently talk about how it, how it like allows them to like transform in the set. Like it's, it's like Halloween, right? So like, you're like, be, you're able to become a different version of yourself. Sure. And I think sometimes it's, for me and for a lot of people that play in the band, like it's fun to be able to take a break from who you are and still be yourself, but to be able to perform in this particular way. It's like, I don't know, it's a really interesting experience. Um, And it's also like a really great team building experience. Like we're all getting dressed together and I'm like brushing everyone's wigs and we're all doing each other's makeup. And like, it's very much like a bonding experience and so when we all walk out together it feels like very empowering so you know you're talking about Um, you're doing people's makeup and i just want to be in your band now because (laughs) (laughs) i just want someone to to do my makeup for me and and, uh and you know and style my hair but uh right right it's fun it does sound fun um yeah well i mean it's absolutely been a pleasure chatting with you um Likewise. I I um like I said though, I hate being like, so what is next? You know, et cetera. But as we yeah. get like, you know, to this part of the chat, it's like sort of like what are we gonna, you know, leave people with that like that you want people to know about, to to look out for and stuff like that. So um Sure. You mentioned the tour and that's coming up when? So that's gonna be so we're heading out September 28th to October 29th. Um, so, so yeah, it's coming up quick and it's, and it's a, it's a big one for us. Um, and then, um, I suppose I, something that I'm still kind of mulling over is I think I might put out a B side track, um, in, in, in early fall, just like a song that we ended up putting out on like a separate, seven inch that I think I want to like fully release because it's not on any streaming services or on our band camp or anything. Um, I think I might put that out and then, um, and then I guess there's just, you know, after, after this tour, we'll kind of be in the winter time and I'll, and I'll probably be in like full hibernation writing mode, most likely, um, trying to enjoy, um, you know, the, uh, the late fall here in Rhode Island, which is so beautiful. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's about where I'm at. Okay, and um, I noticed that you had a Patreon page where you you post like uh, cover songs. Yes, yeah, yeah. I I do cover songs. I do songwriting lessons actually through that, and then I also do like playlisting and all all sorts of little things on there. Yeah. Okay, so what's the URL for that? So I believe that's patreon.com slash Nova one. Um, I think that's right. Okay. Or if it's not Nova one, it's Nova one underscore. Oh, geez. Okay. I should have known this. Um, so let's see. I, oh yeah. So it, it is patreon.com slash Nova one. Okay, Got it. Yes. Um, and then, we are definitely on all the streaming services, um, really anywhere you can find music, YouTube. I've got all the video stuff on there. And then we're also at um, Nova1Nova1.bandcamp.com. So if people wanted to buy records um, or check out any of the merch that we've got going on, you could do that there. And then also communityrecords.org. They have all of our records for sale as well. And that was my conversation with Roz Raskin. Thank you so much, Roz, for taking the time to chat with me. Do go check out Nova One now if you haven't already. Thanks also to everyone for listening. And thanks once again to everyone who hosted us at New Friends Fest and everyone that came and enjoyed the show with us. Until next time, take care and do good things.